Oh my goodness, I'm such a fucking idiot. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm glad we have that, that you've never too. used. No, I've got second wind written on here twice. Oh, dude, that's just copied it out. Or just remove the first second. So it's like wind uh, and then second wind. Yeah, well, you'll yeah, never forget. Good. So you always have the feature wind <laughs> active, and then <laughs> sometimes you activate the feature second. <laughs> That's some very funny uh, D&D content. Yeah, dude. Wind is a passive effect. <laughs> For the day ones. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, guys. Also, the idea of like wind as a passive effect, like there's probably a decent fart joke in there somewhere. Uh, if somebody wanted to like... Was that really not the joke do- you were making? Uh, well, it is now because I decided it was oh. funny. You said that I was just laughing. You always at... had wind activated. No, I was laughing at the concept of, wi- of oh. wind and second wind. It was like a uh. numerical thing for me. Yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's true. I mean, like that. You know, they say the rule of twos. Yeah, like <laughs> exists in I've twos. Heard. Yeah. Writing class. Yeah. But the thing about the rule of twos is, right, like, it, it, it's the rule of threes for most people, but by the time you've been through a Masters of Writing at NIDA, you can get there in two. Yeah, <laughs> so I love that. They I do teach that. you the rule of twos. You, know, you only need yeah. to hit it It's twice. the exception yeah. of twos. Yeah. Yeah. Like, in about a year's time, I'll just be able to double myself. <laughs> Finally. Oh, man. Tom, that was very funny, and I did happen to just have a mouthful of water at the time, so I couldn't give it the laugh that it deserved. <laughs> so I said you just you like, could have Aww. at least given me the decency of choking. <laughs> yeah. I, I, really can't, I, I can't hadn't... tell you how many mornings I've heard T in his bedroom just saying that to someone. <laughs> the decency of choking. I was looking decent... for that, but... You, I don't, you I don't think I really found yeah. it either, yeah. but like, <laughs> it was close enough to the joke I wanted to make. Yeah, like, it, it was phrased just poorly enough that partway through the sentence I thought you meant I was choking myself, and by the end of the sentence I realised what the joke actually was. <laughs> I, I love the idea that it's in the morning as well, so it's like afterwards, so it's like a post-coital review. I just don't really like, want to bring it up immediately. I don't immediately, think this right? joke's been made yet. <laughs> I, needed... I think we've been talking about this joke for like nearly a minute and a half now. It still hasn't been made. We're just Tom's like pointing there, like, at it. Look, you know, like pretty good. I like the thing you did with your elbows, but you could have at least given me the decency <laughs> of choking. I told you to never fucking bring up the elbow thing again, dude. <laughs> <laughs> the decency of choking. <laughs> The decency of choking is the, the, An audio the popular follow-up to the importance of being earnest. <laughs> I totally just slagged on myself. <laughs> See, no matter how much water I, I had in my I, mouth, I still give you I can't the tell you how many times I've heard deserve. that from tea in the morning. Can we also maybe Have just... we done a sound check? <laughs> we have. All being, this is the pre-roll, dude. This whole have thing we done a sound check? Yeah, we did. Yeah. We did a sound oh, check. Oh, fuck, okay. Also very funny was the fact that T jumped to the conclusion that you were talking about him choking on himself. <laughs> Hey, hey, I didn't say choking on myself. I said choking myself. <laughs> oh, Holy shit, Grace, that's a whole other thing. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Oh, God, we just got a visual demonstration, B-Mac. He's like, I've been limbering up for weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if there's one man in the world who couldn't, it's Thomas Owen. <laughs> the least limber boy alive. <laughs> Oh dear. <laughs> the man of the world's smallest dick. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly wondered if it was a two stroke joke. Ah, two strokes! Yeah. Yeah. Oh. The people affair. leaving my house in the morning have called T a two stroke joke. Hey, B Mac, can you do me a favour? <laughs> hey, what? 
Jackson, I just spat an entire mouthful. All right, there's the joke. What did he say? Oh, You'll hear it next week, too. No, I won't. I never get around to listening to the content. Don't worry. This is a tale of a strange and dangerous world, a world known as Carthus. This is an adventure full of magic, hardship, and friendship. This is a tale about a world at war, and the people who are forced to endure it. When ancient magic starts to stir, three unlikely heroes find themselves embroiled in a quest much larger than themselves. But, more than any of that, this is a story about how to win loot and influence dragons. Hello, and welcome back to How to Win Loot and Influence Dragons. It's Do you want to take that hello again, the... dude? You sound really upset about it. <laughs> hello. Hello, and welcome back to How to Illusion Influence Dragons. It's a D&D 5e actual play for the Curio Podcast Network. I am, as always, your teetering on the verge of a very dangerous episode dungeon master, Ben McAllister. I'm uh, letting Jesus have at the wheel, Jackson Newsom. I'm already too far down to reckless abandon, Thomas Owen. And I'm stewing in those Sydney sweats, Grace Chapel. <laughs> Uh, but I also in the I car that's veering off the cliff. That is the. Just in case we lose too much of that pre-roll, we should clarify that all those jokes come off the back of a really sweaty, sweaty conversation. Yeah, right. Uh, at least I know if I ever need to ruin you two in Sydney, I would just need to purchase one of those brand new audio billboards and throw up the last 25 minutes of recording. <laughs> Are the you two on this Jackson and T? Uh, no, I was thinking you, you and T, but you're right, Grace. You're really a blameless, a blameless participant in this. I stand by everything I said in the last 25 minutes. <laughs> I stand by most of what I said. I want, I want you guys to know that just, just now, for some reason, the words Duncanye have entered my head. And I'm not really doing anything with that, but maybe one oh, of you just wants to. Just like right. just the words Duncan. Uh, yeah, okay, fine. Fucking bait there. me into saying something about that, why don't you? Um uh <laughs> No one dwarf just, just deserves happen naturally. all that power. Okay. Mm. Attack. Yeah, I mean like hey, alright. Let's let's not all jump in here. <laughs> let's all take thirty seconds and come up with our best Dun Kanye. Okay, what do you think I'm gonna turn the lights on? It just got so sexy in here. It's gone real dark. Oh nice. Okay. Alright, I've got mine. It's one good dwarf is worth a thousand fishes. Okay. <laughs> At least we know how we know how DK feels about fish. Yeah, we do. I already said mine. No one dwarf should have all that power attack. Yeah, that's, said that's that. pretty good. Grace, what you got? Um, I got nothing. Nothing, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> feel similar. There's another one for you. Okay. You know there's the whole gold digger thing you could do? Like... Yeah, oh, there's something there, there's something there. Oh. Now. I've been trying to come up with a good one. Maybe maybe you guys can help me, like, a fill in the blanks. Like, a my beautiful, dark, twisted, blank fantasy. I don't dwarf. know what goes in there. Yeah, yeah. I'm... Yeah. I kind of wanted something a little better than dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> like, my beautiful, dark, twisted, clown sled fantasy? Because that's sort of oh, what yeah. that was, right? Okay, yeah, yeah that's cool. Because yeah. you also couldn't, right. like, if we go with dwarf fantasy, you couldn't ever Google that. Dwarf fantasy. Anyway, um, before we go too far down that rabbit hole, how do you guys feel about going back down our own stupid rabbit hole with a bit of a recap? 
throw me in a hole. <laughs> when we last left our heroes, they had narrowly escaped a confrontation with the king's men and some bounty hunters. They unexpectedly ran into Cerulea, Drasilia's little sister, on the road. Cerulea informed Drasilia that something was deeply wrong in their hometown, Hastings, and that Drasilia might be able to do something about it. Despite Drasilia's initial hesitance, the party agreed to head to Hastings and see if they could address the situation. After travelling for several days through the Oldwood, where Drasilia had several short, strange visions, they arrived at Hastings. Quickly, the heroes saw that the town was partially encapsulated in a faltering magical bubble, which they were informed keeps the town secret and hidden. Drasilia's ex-boyfriend, Trent Allgood, was heading up a group of untrained local militia, who were facing off against an envoy from Lord Standish, the ruler of the lands on which Hastings sits, who was apparently displeased to learn that a new town had suddenly appeared in his woods. Naturally, Drasilia cast Fireball, killing the envoy and his forces before Trent and the militia's very eyes. That brings us to right now. Okay, so, uh, do you guys remember where we left off? I'm Not a fucking clue, dude. Yeah, dude, Fireball. Yeah. yeah. Natty, just real quick, what are you filling in currently? Equipment. Do you think you can maybe look at your phone for the equipment? I mean, I can record. Okay. I've been contributing. Look at how much shit I've written out. No, that's what I whilst mean. Whilst making, like, <clears throat> 60 billion jokes about my own dick. Yeah. Yeah, fair. Mm-hmm. Like, and fair. that's your contribution to this podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, I, I hate to break it to you all, but I had to rewrite my fucking uh, personality trays, which is likes dirty jokes. That's mm. true. Yeah. On the original sheet, it actually just said dirty jokes, and it was under loads contrived rules, almost as it was a list of things he loathes. <gasps> but I've been misplaying Whoa. him as though he likes dirty jokes, so I just retconned it on the new character sheet. There you go. Nice. Yeah, a simple nice, nice, grammatical nice. error and... The whole, the whole, whole show podcast, changes. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's a lie. But yeah, here we are, guys. Um, Drasilia has just fireballed the envoy to Lord Standish mm-hmm. and his retinue of uh, armed mercantile... Well, not mercantile. Maybe mercantile. <laughs> mercenary. No, dude, uh, run with it. Their, yeah. You no, okay, wrote yeah, Beauty it. in the Lull. Look, Embrace it. Yeah, okay. They were all both merchants and also warriors and, you know, just, just yeah. trained uh, martial people. Uh, Can we and... heal one of them and buy their wares? No, no, no. It's been two weeks, dude. They're dead. You've all just been standing there in silence for two weeks. Yeah, yeah the whole town. Um, yeah, nice. Uh, I, I am going to say this, though, because remember, like, if you remember, like, Jody and Drasilia were heading up whilst invisible and Duncan mm-hmm. was walking up looking like a fat baby with Cerulea. <laughs> and, um... Rude. Then when Drasilia definitely did cast the fireball, she broke her concentration, which ends the invisibility on both herself and Jody. Uh, now, we get- is that the way that works? I think it is. It is a concentration spell, but doesn't the attack end the invisibility not- it's not breaking concentration? Like, isn't it a different- like, as in, like, if she had taken damage, That's a concentration really check. That's a good point. I is think Jody's still invisible, dude. Let's look it up. Let's look it up. I now, w- welcome, welcome to the rules. Looking up, so you better get this party started. Man, okay, I take I'm it all back. It. I love this lemon tart tea. No, I mean it, it's it's straight up. It's it's out. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay. the spell's done. Yeah. yeah, that's what I that's what I'm looking at. Yeah, we were already there, Bimac. Catch up. Yeah. <laughs> so they both. <laughs> 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 that was tough to hear, dude. Keep that in. <laughs> if I had a penny. Oh, Jesus. Oh, if I had a penny. 
So yeah, we're definitely standing there in front of the small Hastings uh, local militia headed up by Drasilia's ex-boyfriend, Trent. And uh, he just made a dumb joke about the fact that Drasilia casted a flame spell saying it was so hot. But you can tell, those of you standing there, that he is visibly a little bit rattled and currently trying to play it cool. Drasilia, you probably can see right through that on Trent. I don't know how um, the other two feel about it. Hard to play but, uh, it cool when the magic's so hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> after after a couple of seconds of um, sort of responding to fuck you, Trent, just, you know, internally checking his feelings and, and just kind of dealing with that sick burn, he says, uh, Petunia, and he snaps his fingers and uh, a young uh, half-elf woman who is standing behind Trent at the front rank of this militia group steps forward and he says, go alert the mayor, Drasilia's back, Cerulea found her, uh, and I guess we have some other visitors as well, and... um. Yeah, and he looks down at the corpse of the envoy to Lord Standish and, you know, the eight other fucking mercenaries and says, we should um, probably do something about that as well. Um, but yes, hop, hop to it and, uh, and, and alert the mayor. Now, and when, when, he was, when he was immolated, was he, like, sort of, like, standing in a funny position and, like, turned to, like, Ash, <laughs> so he's kind of Standish? <laughs> Uh, I would say he's not a Standish, Jackson. He's the envoy to Lord Standish, but... Ah, oh, damn. I mean, yeah, maybe maybe he's immolated kind of like those guys from... Um, Pompeii? In, yeah, Pompeii, where he's like jerking, looks like he's jerking off. <laughs> <laughs> he's oh, what a way to go! Him. Petunia steps forward and says, Oh yeah, right away. Um, hi, Druzzy. And uh, kind of glances at you for a second and then glances away and then turns around and runs off back towards town. Here we are. What do we think happens? I think Trent um, clears his throat gulps, turns uh, to you, kind of like, you know, stands up a little bit straighter and says, so, um, where have you been, Tresilia? And also, um, who are your friends? <laughs> Look, we'll just, I think we'll just leave you to deal with this. And, um, yeah, we really need to get into town. I got to take Cerulea home. So, uh, see ya. He says, yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, Petunia's going to go tell the mayor and then we can, yeah, deal, deal with that. But, like... How the fuck did you just do that just now? Oh, well, <laughs> I... Look, Trent, there are some things in this world that are just a bit beyond your imagination. <laughs> 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 and, uh, yeah, I think she tries to look really cool and just turns and walks away. All right, can I get a performance check <laughs> for that trying to look really cool? Yeah. I mean... Can I have it with advantage? Because I did just. Yeah, I'll give you advantage because you did just people. melt nine people. Yes, that's true. Which I think we can all agree. Very cool. <laughs> um, it's a twenty-one with my plus ten. Okay, yeah. Drasilia looks extremely cool as she turns around. Um, and Trent's kind of like, but, and then uh, he, he levels his eyes at uh, Duncan and Jody and just says, "And uh, who, who are you two again? Sorry, we don't. Um, wait, what?" And he seems like a little bit puzzled by Duncan almost. Like, he's just kind of like, now that the situation with the Envoy Lord Standish is over, he's kind of taking him in for the first time. Like and he's a bit just like. Man. He's like, didn't oh, dress up as you... a child. <laughs> <laughs> didn't yeah, happen. Yeah, but that's people's normal reaction to you, you know. It's... Wait, you're saying he's never seen a dwarf before? Um, I, I, I think, like, that saying. might be what I'm saying. Trent, Trent hasn't seen a dwarf before, maybe in books. And he's kind of like, oh, you, um. Wow, I didn't. Wow, are you a, are you a dwarf? Oh, cool. Okay. Um, obviously, <laughs> <laughs> he kind of says, uh, "Sorry if it's not um, 
so obvious to me. Uh, sorry, just I'm a little bit rattled by this whole thing. Uh, and yeah, and you can see, like, as he's been talking to you, some of the, like, militia behind him that Duncan already figured out were kind of, like, a bit weak, like, didn't really know what they were doing, are all, like, kind of, like, looking around, looking everywhere but at the bodies, kind of, like, just looking like they're, like, really uncomfortable, maybe, like, kicking the dirt a little bit. Now, yeah, ben, they, look, they look deeply, deeply disturbed. Is... Is everyone in this town a half-elf? It can't be. It must be a mixture of humans and elves. Yeah, it's it's humans, elves, Ooh. and half-elves. But, like, if two half-elves have children... So it's, it's, so it's elves They can come humans. out as elves? No, that's true. They can come out as elves or humans. Yeah, so it's just it's just humans, elves, and half-elves. Okay, I think Dracilia calls over her shoulder and is like, They're with me! Oh, I love this cool teen vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Druzzy, Druzzy's like the school leaver that's come back to school for some Absolutely. reason. Absolutely. Like- She's been over to Sydney to study at Nina for a bit. She comes back to her hometown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She is so mad. Blows up nine people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Trent kind of says, okay, uh, okay, cool. Um, yeah, I guess head on into town. The mayor should be waiting. Uh, hey, everybody. And he, he turns back towards his group and is like, let's, um, let's drag this, uh, over behind the church. And uh, he kind of sets to um, kind of doing that. And Cerulea says, uh, hi, Trent. And he says, yeah, yeah, hi, Cerulea. And then uh, you guys all walk back off behind Drasilia into town. Um, did Jody see that? That interaction between Cerulea and Trent? Yeah. Yes, yes, he did. He rolls inside. Insight for love. <laughs> uh, it's a natural 14 plus 7. So 21. Uh, okay, I would say with that twenty-one, you, you would see this isn't um, this isn't so much a love reaction from Cerulea as it is like it's like he's like one of the cool older kids and she's like looking for her kudos essentially. Right, right, right. Okay, cool. So this is like we're literally in like a high school environment, is what you're saying? Yeah, dude, you're in a you're in a, a sexy Jesus. teen drama. <laughs> yeah, it turned out we it's hadn't like... been uh, polling well with younger audiences. Right. So are we in footloose? Yeah. Are we in footloose? Yeah, dude. This and then the and then, dude, Cerulea, Cerulea starts Fortnite dancing. <laughs> Oh, oh, no. yeah. oh, oh hell yeah, dude! I fucking quit. Here it is, live on air. I'm fucking out. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so, uh, are you guys ready to to walk into town proper? Not if it's going to be Footloose. What? What's what's your problem with Footloose? Kevin Bacon. What's wrong with oh, Kevin Bacon? Kevin Bacon? Uh, I'm Much sorry. Like yeah, sorry. Wait a minute, Tom. We have to drill in on this. Why do you have a problem with the Kevin Bacon Footloose? Uh look. Did you I just think... say words and not think about them again? <laughs> I'm just looking for my feet, for my character sheet. But otherwise, I would have come back to you really quickly with a perfectly legitimate reason. Cool, cool. So earlier when I said, do you think you've done enough of your character sheet? And you're like, I'm 100% going to contribute. <laughs> no, this is me making a joke. <laughs> this is me making a joke about how I have no grounds for hating Kevin Bacon. I was just being, like, kind of a dick. You were just hoping, that, that you were just hoping <laughs> we were all going to pile in and back you up hating Kevin Bacon, weren't you? No, I didn't That's expect that at all. I was just expecting... I was just, I was joking. It was like, the whole point is to throw people off guard, right? Surprise them with the comedy. comedy And so comedy is all about the surprise. So if you ask someone why they don't like Footloose, you don't expect them to say Kevin Bacon, because everybody likes Kevin Bacon, just like regular bacon. Is that true? If you want to catch them off guard, don't look me yeah, in the eye and try and con me. Famous... I don't believe you. <laughs> it's like famous like comedy improv is just no period, you know. <laughs> okay, I'm loving all of this like improvisational Kevin Bacon humor. <laughs> I think um, we should move on. Man, there's the episode <laughs> title. <laughs> 
So, you guys all proceed to walk into town proper in probably something like a wedge formation with Druzzy at the front looking super cool and you guys just a little bit behind uh, whilst Trent and his, like, shitty militia set about the task of dragging a bunch of melted corpses uh, to the town's graveyard. And as you walk into town, you would all be struck by some interesting things about this town. Smooth criminal. Yeah, you'd be struck by a smooth criminal. So so essentially the town is, it's a, well, Gracie, you, you've said this before, that you, you think the population of Hastings, this town, is roughly 200 people? Is that about um, right? Yeah, sounds good to me. Is that enough for the gene No, that's, that's fine. That's what you said to me at one point. There's about 200 people. Hastings is laid out in a crucifix-esque grid of streets. There's basically two big main streets. There's one long one, and then there's another sort of slightly shorter one that sort of cuts it off nearer one end than the other, essentially looking like a crucifix. Classic town planning. Yeah, classic town planning. <laughs> Jody hasn't said anything, and it's partly because of social anxiety and partly because he's pretty convinced Drasilia and Cerulea are from a cult, and so he's just kind of, like, <laughs> taking everything in but not really, uh, <laughs> oh, not really interacting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there are, like, smaller streets that run off that may basically make it look something like a grid, but, like, a careful observer would notice that these two sort of larger main streets roughly form that shape. Um, at the point of this crucifix, sort of the, the side nearer to where the two main roads intersect, you would see a large clock tower. And can I quickly get a... I want to say investigation check from all of you. Dude, don't do that. No, I'm doing it. (laughs) None of us have investigation. I know you don't. It's all good. I rolled a nine. So eight. That's a two. Down to one. One. Yeah. Eleven. Okay, cool. Ocean. (laughs) That, yeah, that's it. That's fine. That's great. So you, you see this big clock tower. Uh, and, so I wasn't and investigating anything. I resent the fact that you just railroaded me into investigating. I'll call it a naked intelligence check, which is what that was. I just figured if you had investigation, it would go up a little bit. But anyway, that's where you are with no, your naked intelligence checks. So fine. The thing that would strike you immediately about this town is how idyllic it appears. I mean, the houses are kind of, to those of you who didn't grow up here, maybe strange and kind of old-fashioned looking, but incredibly well-preserved and well-maintained. It's kind of like walking into a time capsule. There are stores you can see with these sort of, like, open, not-glass windows. Uh, Most of the buildings you would see sort of... They might have doors, but they're probably pretty flimsy doors because this community... That is not idyllic. This community, Tom, is extremely unconcerned about their personal security, you would say. I mean, oh, Grace, so it's like Perth before Eric Edgar Cook? Yeah. Maybe that's yeah, maybe that's a kind of vibe. I mean, Sounds Grace, you, you had some thoughts about this. We were talking about it before. You did throw a strangely sexual curveball into the mix, but I think maybe we just <laughs> gloss over that one considering how dangerously close we are to tipping into a chasm as it is. <laughs> no, uh, I no, agree. No, no, Hang we on. need no, this. What was the, we what was need the dark this. sexual content created for Grace Chapel? <laughs> it was... Grace was like, we, we were just discussing what Hastings is like. And yeah, Grace, t- take it away. The, the implications of this was that they're all quite, like, a sort of an open community. Oh, and I said, right. like, not noticed, but, like, you know, in that kind of direction of, like, they don't have <laughs> right. a lot of secrets. Oh, so this is like European. Yeah. Right. Where they they're, all, like, go to German. public baths with their dongs out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
very average chair dongs. No more dong contest. Yeah, look, so so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna steer clear of that that side of things a little bit. But we are gonna say uh-huh. that this is a this is a town that is like yeah, I mean it's kind of like strange and old fashioned, but it's well maintained, and you you get the vibe that it's like usually a pretty open friendly community, the kind of place where you'd expect to see children. I get it. No, I'm reading between the lines. I know exactly. <laughs> Wait, no, he's just said the kind of place you'd expect to see children, dude. <laughs> oh yeah. no, I missed that. The kind of place you would expect to see children, kind of just running around in the streets doing doing their own thing. The kind of place where you might like not be surprised to see your neighbor just kind of like maybe mildly knocking on the door before just opening it and wandering on in. I would say you can kind of get the impression that that is the kind of vibe that this town usually has. Probably Drazilia would notice it would be most striking to Drazilia that um, the town is considerably more battened down than it usually would be. Doors that you know would typically be sort of propped open are closed. Uh, There aren't as many people out walking about as there usually are. You get the impression that this is a town with maybe its first exposure to a little bit of fear. Wow, we're actually in the Cloud Street era. Mm. Yeah. I mean, dude, you're in a town that has historically been hidden inside a bubble that has finally been exposed to the outside world. So, yeah, there is a little bit of that going on. As you walk down the main street, sort of the longer arm of this crucifix, heading towards uh, the mayor's house, you would see that there are, you know, occasionally people peeking out from the windows. Uh, a few faces that Drazilia remembers. There's sort of children moving in between the buildings who seem, like, particularly interested in these strange new travellers. Where the two streets meet in the crucifix, in the centre... Can I just make a on. slight clarification that a crucifix is actually only when it has Jesus on it? Okay. And so, like, that'd be a pretty weird design for a yeah. town. Okay. They have, like, little roads that are kind of where the arms go maybe like a little knee joint oh. road sticking outside a little bit yeah right. yeah look okay so maybe it's more like a, what's it a, is it a Cairo is that the one I mean it could just be a cross like yeah yeah I mean it's a cross know? but one arm is longer than the other that's essentially what I wanted to go with here yeah I guess you could say it's kind of vaguely sword shaped also where you have like a pommel yeah uh, I like that yeah. so sword shaped so you've got the hilt the important thing is you get the impression of what the shape of this town looks like yeah I think we center, all got it yeah at the centre where the two roads meet there's a large town square uh, and in that public square, there is a large sort of like, it's probably one of the fancier designed buildings in the town that you've seen so far. Trasilia, you would of course be aware immediately of the fact that this is the town meeting hall where the town council meet funnily enough, to discuss matters of import to the entire town. At the sort of four corners of this square, uh, Drazilia would be aware of the fact that these are the houses sort of nominally belonging to the most sort of politically prominent families in the town at any given time. And the reason I say nominally is because, as we've already established, this house is, sorry, this town is kind of like a little bit open and and sort of a little bit shared. And like, if you are one of the families that happens to sort of currently inhabit one of these large prominent houses, it's not uncommon for people to sort of be coming and staying in the guest rooms or maybe kind of visiting for dinner. But it's sort of like the, the seat of that sort of politically prominent family. So you guys move across the square towards the grandest of these houses, which you intuit pretty quickly to be the mayor's house, the mayor of town's house. And there is now, a- when you say we intuit, does Drazilia actually know this to be Drazilia the case? Drazilia knows this to be the case. Um, mm-hmm. And you guys would probably, I don't know, pick it up seeing as like you were told that Petunia was running off to find the mayor. Uh, and there is a small crowd, in fact, small, maybe a dozen, two dozen people, gathered sort of around the staircase at the front of this house. And uh, everyone is kind of looking at you, the four of you, including Cerulea. And as you walk up to the house, conversation sort of comes to a halt pretty quickly. And then the front door to this household opens. And out walks a half-elf woman who says, 
Drasilia, Halimian, you get your butt in this house right this minute! And, uh, Cerulea chimes up and says, Hi, Mum. Uh, nice to see you too. Um, Drasilia just slumps a little bit and walks into the house. Fantastic. Gracie, do you want to introduce this character for me? What's the name of this person? Uh, this is Drasilia's mother, Ines Halimian. Ines Halimian, Drasilia's mother, and the current mayor of Hastings, the inhabitor of this large grand home. Okay, so uh, Drasilia walks into the house. What do Duncan and Jody do? Do you think they wait outside, or do you think they uh, muscle on their way in? Important to note, they were not explicitly invited into the house. Uh, they weren't really told what to do at all. I don't think you could pay Jody to walk inside that house. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Duncan wants to either. Yeah, is there like a tavern around? Yeah, I was literally going to say! I think this is a tale I about think... friendship something and ale. Yeah. Ale for the yeah, day yeah, ones, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. ale. I think okay. Jody and Duncan had that exact conversation. They're kind of like, I'm not going to, I mean, is there like a tavern? Yeah. Yeah. They, they look at each other and they're both just like... We do it in our character oh. voices, so it sounds a little bit more like this. They, yeah. bo- they look at each other and they're like, ale? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, what do I sound like? And, yeah, uh, that's not what you sound like. Don't worry. That's a really bad impression of Jody. They set off in Not too search... bad for Duncan, though. <laughs> set off in search of a tavern. Is that about right? Yeah. I think we turn to Cerulea and like, hey, uh, is there a tavern around here? Because this is not our scene. Cerulea says- Literally. Uh, it's a scene it? in the narrative that we are not meant to be yeah. a part of. <laughs> All my lines got cut, unfortunately. It's a unique <laughs> thing. I, uh. Cerulea, who is also walking up the stairs into the house, uh, turns to Verschelv and says, yeah, uh, head back up the long street. Uh, It shouldn't be too hard to find. And uh, then Cerulea and Drasilia walk inside House Halimian, and uh, Duncan and Jody can head back up the long street, if they like, away from this crowd of um, hushed onlookers. Is that the plan? I think we do that. What's the name of the tavern we find? Okay, this is going to be fun. Um, What do you think it is, Gracie? Mm -hmm. What's it called? Everyone Um. fucks here. (laughs) The uh, open door. Oh. <laughs> yes. Okay, so it's just, it has to be, ca- like, there's no episode without it, this being a deeply sexual town. Like, that's, look, look, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm going to say. Can we just beep stuff wherever we can? Yeah. Look, this is the thing. This is the canonical answer. The town is like a, you know, sort of like European openish community. The sexual nature of that openness, I am not going to comment on, but you are free to fill in the blanks of that however your personal listening mind chooses to do so. And uh, As are the citizens free to fill in the blanks as they choose to do so. Yes, this is a town I mean- where consensual sex is allowed. <laughs> so it's not like Footloose. Is that what that movie's yeah. about? I think so. <laughs> okay, uh, so you guys walk in, you guys walk into the, the open door... And uh, you can quickly get a drink and, and, and pull up a seat in a booth. I think in the meantime, <clears throat> we're going to cut away and uh, we'll come back around to y'all because there's a, there's, a there's a definite thing to occur. We're going to head into House Halimian, uh, where by the time Drasilia has got up the stairs uh, and, and sort of opened the door again and walked inside, Inus uh, is kind of like already moving out of that room, out of the sort of entry hall into sort of like the the main sort of audience chamber. Uh, And standing next to the door is a young half-elf man named Hector, who uh, Drasilia definitely knows from her past living here. They're about the same age. He's the chief of staff in House Halimian. Uh, Hector opens the door, or sort of closes the door behind Drasilia and Cerulea and says, um, Hi Drazi, um, great to have you back in the town um your your mum's um the mayor that is uh miss lemmy and she's 
right through there. And uh, he's clearly a little bit flustered by Jacilia's presence. And this guy is the chief of staff, you say? Yes, yes, he's the chief of staff. Yep. And yeah, he's clearly a little bit flustered by Cerulea's pre- by Drusilia's presence. And uh, how does Drusilia respond to that? Just like, yep, all right. Thanks, Hector. <laughs> Walks right on past him. Walks right on. Okay. Yeah. There is almost a more interesting story in this, like, teen genius, like, chief of, like, political chief of staff. That's, you know, like, like, like one of the most powerful people in this More staff. interesting than Druzzy the Sorcerer? Excuse you. Yeah, that's right. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I said about the same age. He's a, he's a, he's a few years older than uh, Drusilia, perhaps. Um uh. But yes, Drusilia mm-hmm. walks through to the audience chamber, where she sees, sitting at a small table, her mother, Inus Halimian, and her father, Clarence Halimian, who is also a half-elf man. No, fuck, sorry. That, I, I, actually, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, legit, I got that wrong. I didn't sorry. mean the word to kill. You thought it was Anus? <laughs> like, weirdly, yes, until I said it out loud. <laughs> sorry. Ben was right. That was an honest mistake. I'm Inus, not even getting it was. Inus and Clarence Halimian sitting at a table. And uh, there are two chairs where Drusilia and Cerulea are sort of uh, ushered towards, and uh, there are no other people in this, like, reasonably nice, uh, well-appointed audience room. The chairs are comfortable. There's maybe a sort of crackling fire in the distance. Uh, I would say it's probably early evening at this point. And, um, yeah, what, uh, what happens? Cerulea walks over and takes one of the two seats. Uh, Druzzy stands by the door and is like, so, uh, I bumped into Cerulea on the other side of Carthus. Clarence has a little bit of a giggle at that, and Inus shoots uh, daggers at him with her eyes, uh, in a very familial trait. Inus says, Drasilia, we're very happy to have you back, you, you and your sister, of course, but do you have any idea what your absence has cost us, the town? Well, I suppose it doesn't matter now. I'm glad you came to your senses. Pull up a chair, enough of this silliness. Let's, let's talk about it. What's there to talk about? Well, um, I would have thought that would have been obvious to you based on the report I had from Petunia. Uh, on the way into town, you decided to dabble in a little bit of uh, mass murder, did you? Maybe we could start with that. Um, <coughs> Julius is like, Cerulea said you'd been having some trouble with the Duke's men. I sorted it out for you. She, she sighs and says, oh, Do you really think... You've sorted it out. Do you think just that little group, that was all there was? Uh, Tresilia, this... We're in deep trouble. I'm, I'm ashamed to say deeper trouble now that you've arrived and gone and done what you did. At which point Clarence interjects and says, I think we should all just calm down a little bit. We're, we're very happy to have you home. But... Fuck yeah, Clarence. Tresilia, take a seat. There's... We have to talk. I'm not... I'm not sitting. I'm not staying. Um, I... I've just come to deliver Cerulea, and in the morning, I'll be on my way. Cerulea chaps up and says, Oh, great, so you've come to deliver me, and now that you've gone and pissed off Lord Standish even more than he already was, uh, when they roll back here in a couple of days with a bigger group and annihilate the rest of us, how are you going to feel about that, Drasilia? How are you going to feel about that? I haven't pissed him off. I've let him know that this town is protected. Inus chimes in and says, And you think Trent's going to be able to protect us after you've gone with his band of trumped up tradesmen's sons and daughters. Um, I just, he doesn't know what to say to that. Like, Trent is not going to be able to protect them. <laughs> He's a weak-ass bitch. Clarence comes in and says, Drasilia, I... Look, you... You must have seen the bubble on your way in. Something's wrong with the tower, and... 
I know you never really liked it, but... You know, with Thespera passed on, there's no one to maintain it, and... Well, our entire way of life is under threat. <laughs> and what a way of life. <laughs> <laughs> our deeply sexual enclave. <laughs> I think Drezzy is a little bit sobered by that, and she says, yeah, I think she she sort of <clears throat> looks inward for a moment and then says, okay, look, of course we're going to look at the clock. clock- <laughs> <laughs> of course we're going to look at the clock tower. The famous, the famous clock tower. Of you know, it's like their version of the big pineapple or the big banana. Oh my god. Can't go to Hastings without checking out the cocktail. You're going to be so serious. The cocktail isn't working. You must have got to fix the cocktail. Oh Oh my god. Fuck yeah. What have we done? I'm so sorry, everybody. Let's let's admit Um, that the the real growth in this episode is none of the fictional characters, (laughs) it's me. I'm really sorry. I regret everything I did in this episode. Hey everyone, it's me, your dad, just checking in on you in the middle of the show as per usual. Thanks so much for listening to Chapter 40. That's a series of words I did not think I would be saying when we started making this show, so thanks so much for your continued support. We sure hope you're enjoying it. Just a quick programming note from me this week. That promised Chapters 20 to 39 recap should be up in the next day or so, so whether you just want to refresh yourself on the events of the show or if you want to tell some new friends all about it, then it's an ideal time. Between the Chapter 1 to 19 recap we released a while ago and this brand new recap, any new listeners should have no trouble just checking out those episodes and then jumping right into the new stuff. In other news, I am off to the UK for a few months this very evening, in a couple of hours actually, and whilst we've planned our recordings and stuff so there should be no gaps or delays, we just hope that you'll bear with us if things do get a little messy, what with the, I think, 11 hour time difference between London and Sydney? Anyway, we'll have to figure that out. I'm actually going to the UK to work on another podcast called The Naked Scientists. It's a science communication program that airs on the BBC over there and on the ABC right here in Australia. It's also available every Sunday, I believe, in your podcatchers, so if you want to hear some more scientific but still very fun content, check that out. You might even hear me. Uh, Okay, that's it from me. I won't take up any more of your time. Enjoy the rest of the show. (laughs) Okay, um, yeah. Drazilia sort of takes a moment and she says, Look... I'm sorry, I'm sure it's been frightening for you. We will look at the clock tower. I will I will see what I can do. At that, the mood softens considerably in the room. You can see some of the tension goes out of Inus and Cerulea a little bit. And Inus says, It's not just the clock tower. I mean, you surely you understand that you can't just swan in and do things like what you did out there. I mean, it's a very impressive display of power, but the townsfolk are understandably rattled. We're having a town meeting in a few hours, Drasilia. Do you do you think you could come along and, you know, it'd, it'd go a long way. You've showed your face, you've returned, you're going to look at the clock tower and, and see what you can do. Look, they don't have to worry about anything. I'll be gone before they know it, okay? It's just, please, don't make me go to the town meeting. I think Drasilia also turns to Cerulea and is like, what happened to Jody and Duncan? Cerulea says, oh, they were over at the, um, I think they were heading to the open door. Of course they were. <clears throat> I think I think 
Clarence um, chimes in and says, look, Drusilia, I, I don't pretend to understand why you left or anything about that, and I don't want to put this all on you. It's not fair that it was your role, call it, to maintain the clock tower, but sometimes that's just the way things shake out, and I think the least you could do is come explain what's going on to the town. Give them some peace of mind. I have to go find my friends. And um, I think she leaves. Okay. Um, Inus uh, stands up and says, The meeting's in just under two hours in the meeting hall. I'm sure you remember where that is. Uh, we'll, we'll look for you there. And uh, Drusilia walks out past Hector, who is busily looking like he wasn't just listening at the door to the sitting room, and uh, opens the door and says, um, Drusilia? Uh, Hector, how have you been? He says, um, yeah, look, pretty, it's been a little bit scary, if I'm going to be honest, but, uh, glad, uh, glad to see you back, and, uh, do you think you might have a crack at the old clock tower over there? Uh, yeah, I'm going to give him a jaundice to, uh, just the leaves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love this so much. Oh my god, I'm putting the aircon on, sorry. Yeah, Holy nice. shit. Uh, it's up in here. Um... Okay, so Drazilia's walking over towards the open door, but I think we'll cut back to shortly after the boys arrived at the open door. Yeah. And they're just sort of sitting there quietly by themselves, having a little a little a little drinky do. When uh in walks a now familiar shape. Uh it is a half elf, half barrel man. Uh by the name of <laughs> He walks on over to the table you two are sitting at and he sits down and says Sorry for that whole uh thing on the outskirts of town. It was a little bit Shocking, as I'm sure you understand. My name's Trent. Trent Allgood. I'm kind of the um, head of security for the town, if you will, now that uh, we need one of those. Uh, just thought I'd, you know, introduce myself to the newcomers. Not that we've ever really had those before. Uh, Trent Allgood, he says, sticking out his hand towards Jody. Uh, Jody shakes his hand. It doesn't say anything? Name? Oh, um... No, uh, Jody pauses as he's shaking his hand and like thinks about it, and is like, um, "I don't think you'll believe anything I say now as my name because I don't <laughs> it too long." He says, um, "No, yeah, no, that's um, I definitely won't. Yeah. You did take way too long, um, but just what should I call you?" Um, uh, well, um, what what can what can Jody see around him? <laughs> I love him. Uh, he can see a bar. He can see bottles of different liquids. He can see a a like what are they called? Like a scullion, like someone scrubbing some some like glasses in a sort of um basin behind Scullery. the bar. Scullery, yeah. Um, he can... What? Okay, so uh, are there like brands of like liquor? No, like, no, it's in, all in it's all sound? it's all nope, it's all homegrown. Damn it. Okay, just things you'd uh, see in a bar. Maybe there's some people playing dice across the room. Jody's like, um, you may call me Snake Eyes. <laughs> and I'm bottles of different liquid. And you're bottles of different liquid. He says, okay, uh, what about, what about just, um... Man, th- this is, that's literally like a Bob Dylan song. <laughs> snake Eyes yeah. and bottles of different liquid. Okay, uh, what about Snake and Bottle for short? Look, it doesn't really matter, I just... Oh boy. And he takes a seat at the table without being invited and says, um, <laughs> man, look, so, some, someone with the name Trent Allgood actually has like 
quite an aptitude for names. I'm, I'm shocked. <laughs> he he sits down and says, Look, uh, I don't know how much Drasilia has or hasn't told you about the situation here in uh, Hastings, but uh, things are pretty bad, guys. I, um, I tried my best to uh, round up anyone who might be able to help with the town's defense, but, uh, well, I think... Um, you shouldn't round up when estimating your own numbers. <laughs> he looks at you and uh, after a minute says, Well, yeah, I mean, it's actually exactly things like that that I uh, was hoping I might be able to, to talk to you guys about. I mean, that thing Drasilia did, that, that ball of fire, that was, that was incredible. I've never seen anything like that in my life. Yeah, and uh, each of us are, in theory, meant to be roughly as powerful, but the game really skews towards magic use. <laughs> <laughs> Again, he looks at you and says, that was also, funnily enough, um, exactly one of the kinds of things I wanted to know. You you can both do things like that, too. I mean, in a, um, um, a manner of... I, I think it sort of depends on what your personal brand is, what, um, what sort of... Uh, cool things like if you like stunts yeah. some of yeah, us yeah no are, stunts yeah stunts magical. and sword stuff yeah, yeah, but like sure, like yeah. you're you're powerful right the three of you you're all powerful I mean, yeah s- some of us have been called overpowered before but um <laughs> <laughs> every day it feels like i'm dragging behind but that's mostly just got these little legs he says would you would you help us defend the town i mean i don't know i don't know what you're deal is with Drasilia and, you know, where where she's been and what you guys have been doing, but whatever it is, I mean... Oh, Jody's, Jody's like, oh, hey, uh, buddy, no, that's, um, <laughs> that's not the, um, that was, it's not, not really, um, it, it's not a, a thing, I think, you, you, you don't have to worry, is what I, I think, I think, say, for the, the both of us, right, Duncan? What the actual fuck? He kind of looks deeply <laughs> uncomfortable and says, um, okay, guys, uh, I've heard all I need for now. I, I, I'll talk to you guys later. And yeah, he slowly gets up and backs away from the table uh, whilst looking I think at you as guys. Tre- as Trent as Trent stands up, I think Jody's like, Trent, wait. If we can help, we might. <laughs> That's sort of the perfect distillation of the two of us, I think. <laughs> <laughs> now, speaking of perfect distillation, let's get some drinks. Okay, Trent um, turns to the bar and says, um, Jeremy, put whatever they want on my tab. Um, thank you very much, guys. What's he looks up, at you thoughtfully, Trent? Thoughtfully nods. Okay. And uh, he turns around and starts walking towards the door of the bar. And exactly as he reaches the door of the bar to leave, entering the bar is none other than Drasilia Halimian. Do they awkwardly bump into they each other like hits. a rum com? Rum, rum, rum com. com. Hey, <laughs> yeah, you don't need to know any of that interaction other than that you bump into Trent as he's leaving the bar as you're entering it. And he says, oh, hey, Trasilia, um, just talking to a snake and bottle over here. Trasilia uh, uh, looks what? around like, what the... F- what? He says, will I see you at the meeting? Uh, I don't know, Trent. See ya. <laughs> he's sta- still standing in the doorway. Does she kind of, like, scooch past him? Yes. <laughs> Great. He he um nods again and, and, and walks off towards the meeting hall back at the sort of intersection of the two large roads. 
Uh, and now you three are in the bar. Trent's just told Jeremy, the barkeep, to put whatever you guys want on his tab. And uh, what are you guys oh, doing? Oh, yeah. Right. We're having a few beers. Jeremy, what's your best? He says, yeah, yeah, uh, probably probably some of this stuff. And he pulls down a bottle of um, sort of like yellowy brown liquor and uh, pours you a little, a little nip of it. Is it good? Roll for taste. <laughs> Go on, Tom. What do I add mm-hmm. for taste? Uh, well, you know, the, the, the thing is, there's no accounting for it, so just a flat roll. Well, it was a natural 20, ha ha ha. It was 14. I guess it is a backwater yeah. town. All right, what are you chuckle fucks doing? We're going to have a few drinks? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think as we've like had a drink sort of thing and like having like regular sort of like... I think we're actually having small talk a little bit, like for a bit, and then Jody's kind of like, Whoa. so I, um, uh, how was seeing the mayor? Um, <laughs> was it a nightmare? <laughs> it was the nighttime, and there were there was a mayor there, and I think uh, Drazilia does sort of up top mention the um meeting to them, but she's very much like we we don't have to go. I mean, just um, maybe we run out of things to do, you know, and uh, we just stick our heads in. We could go invisible, even. Um, yeah, whatever, <laughs> you know. <laughs> And, uh, that kind of sounds like you really want to go. <laughs> uh, I, uh, uh, I should, I should probably go. Is the thing. What's the whole story? Here? Fuck's going on. Sounds <laughs> <The whole laughs> a little bit drunk, and he's just like, "Oh, go on then." <laughs> Who's Trent? What's the cock tower? Oh, I think Trussy says Trent is. Um, he really he represents. Pretty much the life that I left, and that my parents would like me to still. He was, um. Promised to you? Yeah. That, um. Yeah, that seems like a bad scene. <laughs> yep. Just that there's a clock tower, and it protects the town from the outside world, and while the magic of the clock tower works. The town is invisible for all intents and purposes. Did you just say for all intents and purposes? I did, and purposes. So, this... Okay. How many, how many drinks have we had at this point? Like, three or four? I've been knocking them like, back. I've been knocking them back. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I, uh-huh. guess it, I guess it's an open uh, bar. I'm deliberately making door. too much use of it. All right. Fuck yeah. Jo- Jordan's all right, down. Yeah. Yeah. Duncan is so drunk right. that he's having a conversation uh-huh. with Jackson what, right now. What that's time? That's bit about it. <laughs> what time? I love that. What time is the meeting? I mean, it was two hours from when Drazilia left her house, so, yeah. I'm going to rock up wasted. So, so I'm I'm guessing, like, an hour and a half in, like, Jody's now at this point, like, so what the, um, (laughs) what the, where where about, what time is the the meeting? Are are we going? How do we Uh, fix the clock tower? Um, uh, Go to the meeting to find out how to... Oh, there's a meeting about the clock tower? The meeting is the, um... Yep. Oh, well, let's go find out about the clock tower. All right, let's... Meeting, woo! Hey, let's just fix it all up. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the... Jeremy, we're taking one of these bottles. (laughs) Jeremy says, yeah, yeah, no no worries. Keep the tap warm. (laughs) We'll be back later. You guys head towards the the town meeting? Yeah. 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 Um, (laughs) So you guys walk towards the town hall. Uh, Kind of rolling a little bit, I guess. Yeah, stagger Mm -hmm. stagger a little bit in there. uh, Yeah, we'll be rolling. 
Yeah, great. So, uh, just to just to get you guys across, I don't know, Grace. You can tell me whether you drunkenly lay any of this out to them. Uh, but for Grace's reference, because Drazilia certainly knows this, the basic way that this town functions is that this this like roughly two hundred people is essentially divided into about twelve families, and they kind of like you know marry with each other and like just like sort of propagate the population of the town in that way each of the 12 families get a seat at this town council and from within that council they elect the mayor and the mayor serves basically until they reach retirement age and it's, it's always been the kind of thing within this town that like there's some political jockeying but for the most part like everyone gets along really well and like there's you know there's you know this family the Jespersons for example might want to get one up over the old goods in this generation but like ultimately going back a long way there's been a sort of fundamental the Jespersons? Yeah. Okay, oh, just Jespersons. It's like the Jetsons, but... <laughs> the Jesper, yeah. Okay, great. Okay, great. Like, ultimately, there's, like, a fundamental cooperation at the, at the heart of it all, even though there is definitely some, like, sniping and jockeying. Anyway, whenever the mayor reaches retirement age... The, the point I'm trying to make is they've never had to, like, forcibly remove someone. It's always been kind of, like, acknowledged that, like, this is going to be their last summer in power or something. And then, you know, they, they elect a new mayor. And, yeah, I think what Drazilia was potentially laying out for you there is that potentially uh, a, a familial alliance between the Halimians and the All Goods solidified by an interaction between Drazilia and Trent might have put them in good stead to... Uh, continue their, their their sort of political control of Hastings for another generation. Uh, I would say, just for general reference, uh, the sort of the main power-playing families at the moment are the Allgoods, the Jespersons, and the Halimians. I'm going to say because you're all drunk, you walk in on this meeting a little bit late, and you would hear um, Inus Halimian uh, standing at the head of this large meeting table. So there's this big meeting table in the centre of this room in the meeting hall where there are sort of the, the heads of the 12 families, and then there's sort of like a larger audience area where people can just kind of sit around almost in like um imagine like tiered seating around like a meeting table and uh you guys can kind of slip in uh as you hear Inus Halimian uh, addressing everyone and saying as we know um hostilities with Lord Standish have been ramping up of late in part uh due to some ill-considered actions on behalf of um some members of our community but what we need to remember is that we have the best town in the world here in Hastings and at this there's sort of like a, a large here here from all like everyone it's deafening our way of life is the most peaceful noble existence anywhere on the planet and why should we give it up and more resounding here here more resounding cheers from the entire Hastings community uh, you get the impression that uh, Inus has just kind of been vamping, hoping that Drazilia was going to show up. And uh, as uh, Drazilia enters the room, she does lock eyes with her as Drazilia goes to sit down and say, But I can offer some words of encouragement. The sorcerer has returned, as you've all heard, and there's sort of like rumbling and murmuring and people turning towards Drazilia. And I've secured Drazilia's assurance that she'll do the best she can to fix the clock tower, at which point uh, there's kind of like some different reactions. You hear some like some cheers, a bit of like muffled surprise. You hear um, some different voices shouting out different things that you can't necessarily make out. What do you think is happening with the three of you? Did we hear the sort All of, of that stuff the vamp that I said? up? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Drazilia probably moves forward. Okay. And she says, <clears throat> "Hello, everyone." Um, it is I. 
I I have returned <laughs> from the outside world. And um, things out there, they are not as bleak as we have always believed. And I would like to suggest to you that maybe, you know, this is an opportunity in disguise. Maybe this is the start of a new beginning for uh, Hastings, where the outside world is allowed in and Hastings is allowed out. Uh, I think you get pretty resounding boos from a large portion of the, the gallery. You also definitely Do they get throw fruit. <laughs> no, there's no fruit throwing. Maybe not resounding boos. You just get kind of like a disapproving murmuring coming out. There's like there's, there's sort of some shock <laughs> on different people. Yeah, yeah, some some sort of rabble. And uh, at this point, a man that you would recognise, Trasilia, as Aaron Jesperson, Petunia's dad, stands up. He's the head of the Jesperson clan, and he slams his fist on the table and says, "This is exactly why she shouldn't be allowed to go back and finish the job. She never even finished her training with." How do we even know she knows what to do with the tower if she gets in there? Petunia, my daughter, and he points at our where Petunia is sitting in the gallery, says, She took up the burden of training with Thispera after Drasilia went on her dalliance. And she's the one who should be given the task. She needs to be given a chance to do what she can with the tower. And uh, you would know, Grace, uh, from Drasilia's past, that Petunia and Drasilia were like friends... And always kind of like, like in the same social circle, maybe a little bit of like healthy rivalry. Um, but her family, the Jespersons, are the most aggressive social climbing clan uh, within mm-hmm. within Hastings. They're gunning for that uh, next mayor seat pretty fucking hard. Uh, at which point, before anything else can be said, uh, someone from Trent's family. What's Trent's mother's name, Gracie? Olivia? Olivia Allgood, uh, Trent Allgood's mother, stands up at the meeting table and says, That's foolishness. We should go with the most experienced sorcerer. But we're getting, you know, we're missing the important point here. If what my son Trent said about what Drasilia can do and what her friends can do is true, we don't need to worry about the clock tower. We can overrun Standish with force. So there's, there's a lot of political clamouring going on. Uh, the Allgoods are advocating for Drasilia and her friends Snake and Bottle to essentially lead a militia to overrun the Standishes with force. The Jespersons are advocating for Petunia to be given the opportunity to try and fix the tower. Drasilia's made her speech about uh, maybe ending the culture of isolationism, at which point just kind of like rabble breaks out. Sort of, there's, you know, there's, there's different people shouting different things. The people in the, the gallery are all chiming up. And uh, does anybody do anything at this point? Okay. Okay. I'm going to oh, tell you all what's right. going to happen. Is anybody trying to stop this? Or are you just yes, letting Jody, it happen? Instantly. Instantly. No, no, no. It's okay. I've got a good plan. Jody tackles Duncan. <laughs> are you going to strength test it with Duncan? Yeah, fucking strength check me, bitch. <laughs> I fucking fob him off. I fucking... Okay. Oh, what's the... What's the... Uh, don't argue. I give him one of the old don't argue. Give him the okay. stiff arm. Duncan just announces to the crowd, it's pretty simple. We're going to go fix your clock tower, and then you're going to have some sort of orderly democratic discussion about how to deal with your bloody policies. Once a clock tower's done, nobody else needs to fucking die. 
like, is there like a lectern or something? Or uh, is like everyone in the crowd yelling and then Duncan is just like <laughs> calmly speaking to like a mob, essentially? Uh, I, I'm I would perfectly say... happy with that being what happens. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Duncan, uh, the, the drunken voice of reason. I would say Duncan manages to cut through like quite a bit of the clamoring just because of his, you know, high constitution and strength scores with that projection that he has. Uh, and, you know, there are some people around. And the actor know, training. Some of them, some of them are swayed to the, your side. Uh, notably, Inus Halimian uh, bangs, I'm going to say she has a gavel, that sounds like fun, bangs her gavel on the table uh, and stands up. Before she says anything, uh, I just want to point out that Drazilia would definitely realise now for the first time, like, she realises something that makes her feel really stupid, because this is something that she should have realised ages ago. But the gown that Inus is wearing as uh, the mayor of Hastings looks really familiar to her. In fact, it looks like strikingly similar to the robe worn by the willowy elf figure trekking through the woods that she's now seen in a few of her visions. The sad elf? Yeah, the sad willowy elf woman. Drazilia is struck by this as um, Enos definitely uh, puts her puts her gavel down and says, Enough! Enough's enough! We've heard everybody out, we've heard what you've had to say, and I'm going to declare what happens next. You've forgotten I am still the mayor. Tomorrow, Drazilia and her new friends, Snake and Bottle, uh, will attempt whatever they can do with the clock tower. Petunia may go along as well if she wishes. Perhaps something Thisper has said to her will, will come in handy. But, uh... uh- Um, Inez barrels through that and says There'll be no more talk of overrunning Standish with force Or Drazilia And she barrels through and says Opening the town to the outside world For the moment Meeting adjourned And she bangs the gavel again Uh, The sort of room sort of erupts in uh, discussion again But everyone kind of disgruntledly files out Uh, You, Drazilia, lock eyes with Petunia And see her kind of like force a kind of awkward smile on her face before she, yeah, disappears into the crowd as well. And uh, what do you guys do? I'm going to say you've been arranged rooms, like a couple of rooms within uh, House Halimian that you guys are welcome to if you'd like to take a long rest. Or are you going back to the bar to really burn one down? Can we get tanked and then wake up with no memory of having volunteered to go and then tank the <laughs> um, I love that. What do you think you guys do? <laughs> I think we go back to the bar... Yeah, there's a tab burning. Well, Drazilia does not want to go home, so if there's rooms at the the pub, then she's keen to stay there. She doesn't want to go stay in her childhood bedroom and describe to us, the listener, exactly what that looks like? No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to say, yeah, you guys can go back to the bar. People kind of of treat you with an appropriate degree of caution. I mean, even people Drazzy knows from her childhood just, like, don't know how to act around her now. I mean, she's, one, hammered, and two, she's just said some, like, (laughs) crazy shit at the at the town meeting. I mean, most people there, like, the idea of, like... I mean, the most controversial thing said was your idea about the town remaining open for, uh, you know, other people to come and go as they please. So people kind of, like, give you guys a, a bit of a berth. Uh, Trent is uh, there briefly. He stops in and uh, makes sure that the tab is accounted for and uh, nods at the three of you and sort of somewhat coldly and then turns and walks out. And... Yeah, you guys can sort of melt the night away as you would so choose and then take up some rooms at the bar. I don't think we need to play that scene out. Uh, And now we can say it's the next morning. And uh, you guys, what are you doing? Are you heading over to the clock tower? Bleary eyed. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. like hungover. I'm going to carry that forward. What are we doing? 
<laughs> yeah, Duncan has no recollection. No. Nah. All right. He just okay. he was like a monster last night, just <laughs> chortling all the booze. As in, it sounds like he's laughing when he drinks. That's oh, canon. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um. Yeah. So biologically, that's what a dwarf drinking oh, sounds like. No. Does he explain to Duncan, and we're going to go fix the clock tower, and then we go? Fuck, all right. All right. <laughs> you guys walk over to the clock tower, which I will now describe. Can I get some perception checks? Perception checks? Hell yeah. Uh, I rolled a... 14. Uh, 19. Sorry, 15. Okay. Five. What Jody picks out as you approach this clock tower is that whilst it seems to largely be a pretty uninteresting rectangular stone structure for the most part. I mean, there's nothing too distinctive about it. It's just kind of like a tower built out of, I'm going to say, brown stone. On the front face, the face that sort of faces down into the town, there is in fact a clock face, which is currently stopped, stuck, at 5am. Now, oh, I'm Oh, not like five say, minutes to midnight? No. I'm going to say it's stuck at 5am. And you guys happen to know, based on the clocks that were in the in in the open door when you left, that it's considerably later than that. Probably more like 9am at this present moment. Right. As you approach the tower, Jody, your face, not face, your eye would be drawn to the fact that there is some faded copper accenting all around the sort of very top of this clock tower that looks oddly reminiscent of the dull copper you've seen in cine structures. If we're doing a Back to the Future thing... Huge. We're not doing it back to the future thing. Bolts of lightning, dude. Yeah, there's not going to be any bolts of lightning stopping the clock tower at exactly whatever. Do you have a lightning-based spell, Drossy? No. Hey, hey, uh, you guys aren't ready for the idea that we should open this town to the outside world, but your kids are going to love it. I love this. Yes, that's the new sound. That is the new sound. Oh shit. Um, so you approach this clock tower. That's the song from Footloose, right? Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> Druzzy, you would know from the fact that, I mean, Druzzy was, as, you know, I think it's kind of been implied at this point. You guys have kind of, have kind of heard it being uh, obliquely mentioned, even though Druzzy didn't explicitly say it to you. There is kind of like in every generation of this town, Hastings, there is a sorcerer who is largely tasked with... A chosen one? Something along those lines, who is tasked with the upkeep of this clock tower, and also with the training of the next sorcerer. We've already heard that the previous sorcerer, who was responsible for the clock tower, was known as Thispera, who was alive during most of Drasilia's childhood, but who died shortly after Drasilia left town, leaving Drasilia with the responsibility for taking care of the clock tower in her absentia. I would say, like, your training with Thispera hadn't yet proceeded to the point where you were ready to enter the clock tower. That was, like, the next thing that was going to happen right before you abandoned town. But you would be aware of roughly how that looks. I mean, on the back side of the uh, clock tower, on the side that faces away from the town, you know that there is a dull stone door. And you know there is a mechanism for opening it, but you aren't entirely sure what it is. And by the time you get to that door... You see Petunia, Petunia Jesperson, standing there, kind of just puzzling over the door, looking at a little notebook she has in her hands, and just just looking at the door. And as you approach, she says, "Oh hi, Drusilia, and um, Snake and Bottle, is it? Um, nice to nice to meet you guys again. Um, 
hey, so yeah, your mom, sorry, the mayor said I could come along, maybe I could contribute something, um, so here I am, I've been stuck at this door for, like, a really long time, I'll be honest, I've been trying to get in here pretty much since Thispera passed away, but, um, yeah, uh, any, any pointers would be good, and, uh, she's just kind so of... So you're, 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 you're not a, um, like a rogue type person that can, like, pick locks? Oh, no, there's no, um... There's no, um, visible lock. There's, you know... Oh, I, I was just um, wondering, where, wondering um, where our skills line up. That's right. Yeah, like, are we looking at redundancy with you? What, like... What, uh, Gisele, what do you bring? Yeah, is like, um, hey, Petunia, so, did this actually... Did you learn any magic? Oh, no, I don't... I didn't have the magical gift like you did. I just, um, you know, I just figured somebody had to... Try and learn how the clock tower worked. I mean, I didn't want to step on your thing, but we didn't know when you were coming back, and my parents were really like, oh, uh, uh, Petunia, go, you know, hang out with this person, see what you can learn, and maybe you can save the town one day, and, uh... I get it. She wasn't super interested in teaching me things. I mean, I just kind of followed her around a bit, and she she let a few things slip. I mean, I, I saw this a lot, and she stands in front of the door, and she does this, like, short but somewhat intricate series of hand gestures. And she says, I saw her do that before coming in, but yeah, I mean, it doesn't, doesn't do anything when I do it. Teach it to Drazzy. I mean, you just saw her do it. Yeah. Um, <coughs> can Drazzy just try and copy? That act that I mean, training. charisma yeah. like that, you've got to have perfect recall for choreography, right? I would, I would <laughs> say, like, seeing it immediately sparks a series of memories for Drazilia, seeing this, this hand gesture. Uh, it's kind oh. of like a, um, like a cross-like structure, almost like the shape of the town itself. It's a downstroke, and then there's, like, some circular motion, and then there's an across-stroke. Oh. Uh, I was definitely, like, picturing more like a Naruto sort of, like, uh, series of, like, ninjutsu or... Yeah, maybe, maybe. I'm seeing Doctor Strange. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, nice dude. Does remember seeing this hand this combination of hand signals from Thispera multiple times throughout uh, her sort of training in sorcery? Uh, almost like a like a clear the head kind of movement that she would do before attempting to cast any spell. Um, I mean, it's important to note, like, when, when Drazilia left town, she was a level one sorcerer. Like, Thispera was not a particularly powerful sorcerer. Certainly nowhere near as powerful as Drazilia is now. But yeah, I mean, she definitely has seen this, this hand gesture before. Bust a move. Um, Drazilia gives it a shot. She turns and faces the door and, uh, and does the hand gesture. Yeah. Does anything happen when she does it with her hands? I would say, like, she turns to face the door and she makes this gesture with her hands. And, like, she feels for a moment like she, like, clicks into something. And her head is clear. And immediately she, like, feels a connection with the tower. And she then kind of, like, tries the hand gesture and feels like something in the way of a response, almost like the tower is trying to open, but it doesn't. And at this point, Drazilia has not a like vision, but a, a memory of watching Thispera enter the clock tower a number of times, sort of like during their training sessions. And she notes that in her memory, she would always see Thispera start at the front of the clock tower, check the time, and then walk around to the back and enter. And she also notes that these always occurred at exactly noon. Let's fucking wait seven hours then. Three hours. But it's... <clears throat> um. But it's dark, right? The clock? Is it about, like... Yeah. Like, a me- is it a mechanical thing? Oh, so we move it? Oh, fucking... I used my hook throw to move it. 
Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna throw your hook up to the so so Drazilia hasn't said any of this to anyone. Drazilia tries the door and then Duncan walks around the front of the tower and throws his hook up at the clock face. <laughs> He's like, "Fuck it, it's broken. I'm tearing it down." Um, <laughs> there must be renewal. Yeah, Drazilia says it's um she always did it at midday. So should we um well we I guess we can either wait. For a couple of hours, or try and move the the clock. The hands, hands won't. Yeah, fuck. Move. Good idea. I use my hook throw. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that the plan? Is don't kind of go around the front and uh, try and, and hook throw the the hands of the clock tower into what like noonday position? Yeah, I mean, how could you possibly pull it into noon if it's at five pm? Oh wait, Jody can just run up the clock tower. <laughs> <laughs> Jody, are there any windows up top? Let's do a speed run in this dungeon. <laughs> no, you can't get inside. Yeah, there are no windows. Yeah, no, there can be magical locks all the way up it, but, like, Jody, like, upon realising what he can do... Like, yeah, I, I, I reckon, like, it happens like that. Like, like, like Duncan tries to hookshot it, gets like gets it from, like, 5am... Five five, is it 5am? Well, it's, it's just a regular clock. Yeah, it's, it's a clock, dude. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, so you could probably shift it down, like... I could six, only... Right? You can move, like, one hour and then no further, right? I could only be unhelpful. <laughs> I could only get it further away from where we want it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think Jody just yeah. tries running up the clock tower to try and, like, just, like, get up there and, like, in one motion push it up to um to 12. Yeah, I don't think we need to check for that. Push the clock out. I think it just fucking absolutely works because Jody can just run up walls. I definitely forgot that. I thought you guys were going to have to do something about this puzzle. I thought it was going to be hookshot related. Did forget about the wall scaling. Don't worry about that. Um, you run clean up the side of the building and you adjust the hour hand until it's sitting bang on 12. And yeah, now it's doing that. What, does Jody just chill up there at the top of the tower and just do a little dance on top of the tower and say, fuck you, DM, you no. forgot walls and gaps mean nothing? Or, like... <laughs> no, I think I think he, like... Well, he, he also gets slow fall, right? So I think he just runs up the top, like, does it in one motion and then just kind of, like, backflips off and, like, drops all the way down. Um, Whoa. Yeah. Are any townspeople watching? I think there are a few people who were watching from inside their windows... Notably, Cerulea. Cerulea, watching out of her bedroom window, <laughs> sees Jody do this and says, Oh, nice, sweet flip. Hell yeah, what's up? That was a lot more wholesome than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, she's impressed, though. That's a little aside yeah. that we have, uh, just, just for ourselves, just for the listener. Cerulea is, is happy to just see. Just for a new ship. Right. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I don't know many people that wouldn't be impressed by that, <laughs> that motion. Well, Duncan and, like, right, Duncan and Drazilia, probably, right? Like, it's <laughs> just like, oh, yeah. Classic Jody. Yeah, I think, yeah. like, yeah, a few of the townsfolk, like, definitely come out after seeing that. Like, some of them were, like, super unimpressed by your actions last night, but, like, that display wins them back over a little bit. So now that the clock hands are sitting at 12, what happens now? Drazilia tries again with her staff. Okay. Drazilia makes this uh, roughly sword-shaped motion, and she feels, again, like something... Like, the best way I can describe it is, like, clicking into a groove. The rest of the world is kind of momentarily shut out, and she feels this thrumming connection to the clock tower, which now, with the uh, hand mechanism in place, does respond, and the stone door slowly slides open, revealing a dark staircase that descends down, not up, into the earth. What? 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 Twist! <sighs> Got him. <laughs> got us. Got him again. I think Petunia says, oh shit. And uh, do you guys wander on down in or what? 
Hey, Petunia, before we head in, anything else you remember? Oh, I have this little book um, of, of different stuff that this period kind of said offhand. I don't know if any of it's going to be useful, but, like, cross that bridge when we get there, I suppose. Petunia, you, uh, you sure you want to come with us? Is I mean, you can if you want to. It's a bit dangerous, probably. She, um... Tactically speaking, she can't come with us. She marginally blushes at Drazilia's invitation and says, um, yeah, no, I, um, I think I'd like to lead the way. No, 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 no. I mean, I think it's kind of Druzzy's thing, though, right? We're not taking this random kid down into a dungeon. I think it's like Druzzy's clock tower, though, right? So, like... She she turns to you and says, I'll, I'll take my cue from Drazilia. Thank you very much, Bottle. Oh. Um, oh. I am the snake. Yeah, Drazilia turns to Bottle and says, she might know other things. We can't leave her behind. This is a fucking terrible idea. If she dies, her blood's on your hands. All right, Bottle. <laughs> Jody, uh... J- Jody heads towards the door and just like kind of decides to worm his way down the steps like a like, snake. Like worm a with a Y. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, Jody does the worm all the way down the stairs. And uh, Hell yeah. oh, yes. sooner rather than later, as you guys walk through this through the door and down the stairs, the stone door behind you rumbles closed, putting you in darkness. But the half-elves and the dwarf and the man with the night vision goggles don't really have much of a problem with this, as you proceed down a spiral staircase and you find yourself in a small room. The most notable object within this room looks pretty familiar to the three of you who were in the Temple of Sea. It is another one of those barber chair looking things with a polished copper dome dangling above it. Put me in, I'm gonna solve like a hundred fucking riddles again. <laughs> <laughs> What do you do? Yeah, unless, like, Duncan pushes her aside to get there first, Drazi sits in the chair. Okay. And puts puts a helmet on. Drazilia sits down in the chair and pulls the copper helmet down over her cranium. And Petunia chimes in and says, Um, is that a... Do you know what you're doing, Drazilia? And immediately, Drazilia is transported in her own mind, back into that same kind of strange space that she was in before, the last time she entered one of these chair-type structures. And before whatever is going to be on the virtual screen appears before her eyes, Drazilia hears something else. Again, it sounds like a garbled transmission. A little bit stronger this time. And the words are... Dandelion! Dandelion, please come in! Is that you, Dandelion? How to Win Loot and Influence Dragons is a production of the Curio Network and hosted by Thomas Owen, Grace Chapel, Ben McAllister, and Jackson Newsett. Editing by Ben McAllister. You can find details of all the music in the show notes. We've got other content on Curio, such as Odds and Ends, where Grace talks with people about the mementos they've kept and the stories behind them, or Still Interested, where we look at film and TV that has been rebooted or remade and try to figure out why they thought it was a good idea. Check it all out at curionetwork.com.